1: I'm Heather Vale and this is the Odyssey Las Vegas Public Affairs Show. Joining me today are Lori Freeze and Patrick Dawson, co-founders of the Sin City Beard Coalition, the only nonprofit facial hair club in Las Vegas. Patrick is the number 1 champion in the nation and number 2 in the world for his facial hair styling, and the coalition is hosting the Battle Born Beard and Mustache Championship charity fundraiser next weekend. Lori and Patrick, thank you both so much for being here today.
2: Thank you, Heather. We are
3: happy
1: to be here. Thank you so much. So what prompted you guys to start the Sin City Beard Coalition?
2: So I've been doing beard and mustache competitions for over 13 years now. And as you spoke, I am number one in the country and number two in the world for my goatee. And I moved to Las Vegas in 2020, right before the pandemic happened. And then being a new person here, I had didn't really know many people, and I had met Lori just a bit before moving to Las Vegas. It was just a coincidence that I remembered that she lives here in Las Vegas, but we had met kind of shortly after that, and noticed that there was no facial hair clubs here in Las Vegas, and it was just a really good way to meet people, like-minded people, and uh, so that's kind of how the coalition started.
1: Okay. Now I didn't know this was a thing. So Patrick, how did you get into this in the first place? And how did you become top in the nation? That's incredible.
2: Well, thank you. So I used to own a live music venue. Uh, I'm originally from the Seattle Tacoma area, and I owned a live music venue in Tacoma. And in 2008, a gentleman came in from a band and asked me if i had ever heard of beard team usa and at that point i had no idea that there was such a thing and so i went home and i looked up their website and it was kind of funny and seeing all these guys with different facial hair and as i was scrolling through it there happened to be the world beard and mustache championships in anchorage alaska of may of 2009. And so I went back to work with, told one of the other guys at work, I said, hey, did you know they have beard competitions and that the world competition is going to be in Alaska this coming May? And he was like, no. And I was like, well, we should put a tip jar out and see if we can raise some money. And in six months, we raised $1,500 and took us both up to Alaska for a week. And we just had the greatest time. Uh, There was over 300 competitors at that competition from 13 different countries, and we all had this kindred spirits of facial hair and having a good time along the way raising money for charity. And uh, at that competition, I took fourth in the world, and I was kind of hooked right away. Started meeting all these great people, and then the ability to travel somewhere, and you already have a built in community of people that you get to go hang out with, and lots of them are hosts. So you, they already know places to go. And I just love the travel portion of it and the camaraderie. And so that's how I just continued to do this. Uh, it took me quite a few years to start placing in competitions like top three. And then about five years into it, I started to actually win some positions and first or second and thirds. And, and then over the years, it's just become uh, I've been right up there at the top of the, of the class.
1: (laughs) That's great. All right. So besides allowing guys to get together bond and compare facial hair, what else does the Sin City Beard Coalition do as an organization?
3: So we like to say that we are an inclusive club other things that we do besides the once a year competitions is that we hold typically monthly meetings where we just get together. We are family friendly. Uh, i like to tell everyone that our youngest member is actually four years old and our oldest is is 70 because we just, we uh, family friendly, inclusive. It's a family oriented club. We accept all people and you know, there's single fathers that can't get out to join us uh, uh, unless they bring their, their child with us and we're all for it. And then the women, we've got women members because again, inclusive, but there is an aspect of the beard community and these beard competitions that is referred to as craft beards. And that's when women or men who cannot grow facial hair, they craft a beard uh, two different categories. It could be creative, which means that you can make a beard literally out of anything. <laughs> that wow! <you> have. <laughs> and the other is realistic where maybe you take uh, fake hair and shape it into a, a beard and children do this as well. So we have kids categories in and uh, categories for women, just again, so that everyone can come together. We don't turn away anyone it's all for raising money. So why, why would we turn away anybody? As long as you want to do good and, and help others, that's really our motto is you just have to uh, be good and do good.
1: See, I just, I'm learning so much here because my first question, when you mentioned the four-year-old, I was going to say, I'm assuming the baby doesn't have a lot of (laughs) facial hair. And you know, a lot of the women don't have a lot of fish. I write some. That's that's really creative. I mean, I did not know that these things existed. This is awesome. A yeah.
3: lot of people don't, and I would encourage anyone to Google whiskerina. That's kind of the cute little name that we call women who who craft beards. Whiskerinas have a lot of ideas on social media. You get a deep dive into it, same as YouTube and. We we plan on having a lot of women uh, that will be in the craft categories at our competition. And I'm going to be real honest. It's one of the favorites of the judges. It's one of the favorites of the crowds because it can get so intensely original.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. So on that note, tell us more about the Battle Born Beard and Mustache Championship charity fundraiser that's happening next weekend.
2: So we'll be having the Battleborn Beard and Mustache Competition. It'll be sixteen categories, so there's something for everybody—from mustaches to goatee to your donicle, which is like your Amish style beard. Then we'll have full beard, business beard categories, and uh, it's at the Vale Pavilion at the Silverton Hotel and Casino, and it'll be Saturday, March 25th from prejudging and doors open at noon. And that'll go until about two o'clock when the competition will start going. And hopefully it will be all done about seven o'clock.
1: Wow. Awesome. So how long does it take to go through those 16 different categories? Are they coming up on stage each category one at a time and they're up there for a while?
2: Yeah, that's how it goes. So each category, we'll call each category. The competitors will line up. Each competitor will come up individually and talk to the MC. The MC will uh, ask them a couple questions, and then they'll go in front of the judges and all line up on stage together. So the judges will get to look in depthly into them, up close and personal, and then they'll get to see them all together so that they can pick and choose who is the top ones of each category.
1: Nice. Okay. So besides the craft category, where you don't need to have a beard in reality, how long does it take to grow a beard that's impressive enough to win one of these categories?
2: Well, again, there's 16 categories. So it varies. Like we like to say, all facial hair is valid. So if you got (laughs) any kind of facial hair, bring it to the competition and see where you stand. But, uh, you know, with a business beard, which is zero to four inches, you know, guys can grow those in a couple of months to six months. Myself, I have not shaved my chin in over 23 years now. But don't worry, you don't have to compete. Everyone's not in the same category. So you don't have to worry about competing against me if you've only just started growing a beard.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because that totally would not be fair. (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah, (laughs) yeah. This is all a charity event, you know, and we're just trying to help others. So our two charities this year are the Ride for Kids, which is uh, benefiting the Pediatric Brain Tumor Foundation. And then we're also working with Extreme Couture GI Foundation which is Randy Couture's veterans charity that he helps veterans readjust into society.
1: Wow, that's great. So how exactly are you raising money for these charities?
3: So the competition itself to to be a competitor does cost $20 pre-registration. And you can do that at beard.vegas or the day of the event. If you would like to register then, that's $25 at the door and spectators are $5 at the door. And then we also have over 100 different raffle prizes that we will be raffling off. We also have quite a few auction items. And then something very special is that uh, there are children here in Las Vegas that are suffering from brain tumors. We call them our stars. And these children have painted on their free time, painted some pictures for us on canvas. And we will also be auctioning those off so that you could take home a very special painting that a star has made.
1: That's so great. I love that. Yeah. What are some of the other auction items that you'll have available for people to bid on?
2: So there was a, a wonderful gentleman out in Perump who does wood carving. He goes by Ron, the wood carver. And so he did a a handful of nice wood carvings for us, done with bearded uh, wood carvings, as you might think or uh, assume, in doing this. And then in my background, I work in the arts and entertainment industry. So I was fortunate enough to get a few packages from uh, a few artists that I work with. So I have a package from Luke Bryant which includes four tickets, a VIP meet and greet and uh, a few other merchandise stuff. I also have one of those, a four pack of tickets and a bunch of uh, merchandise from Katy Perry, a signed poster from Katy Perry. And then another one of those coming from David Blaine as well, the magician. So uh, those will be some auction items that we'll have up on our social media here very shortly so even if you're not able to make it to the competition those are something that you will be able to bid but they will also be at the competition and that's where we will announce who is the winner of those
1: that's awesome okay so where can people go to learn more about the event or the sin city beard coalition in general And also give us your social media. So if they want to follow along and bid on the auction items, they can do that as well.
3: Absolutely. So we do have a website specifically for the competition and it is beard, B-E-A-R-D dot Vegas. Very easy, vegas you'll be able to pre-register there. You'll be able to see the different categories that you get to choose from. There is also a veterans category that we have and there is no fee. I'd like to mention that there is no fee to participate if you are a veteran and you would like to get up there and compete. Absolutely no fee because we are big supporters of our veterans and we don't feel that would be fair to, to charge them. And they, we have trophies. Nobody wins prizes. We failed to mention this, but nobody wins any monetary prize money because this is all for charity. So everything that we raise goes 100% to the charities, but also it, it helps with no animosity between people. But beer.vegas, if you want to pre register get some more information on it and have a look at the 16 different categories to choose from. We also have social media. Facebook works well for us. We have our Sin City Beard Coalition page. It is a private group, so you would have to request to come into that, but we, that's very easy for us to approve people. And then we have an event page called the Honest Amish Presents, Battleborn Beard and Mustache Competition. So those two are on Facebook. And then just on Instagram, we have Sin City Beard Coalition
1: okay awesome so once again beard.vegas is the website to go to beard.vegas you can find out all about the upcoming battleborn beard and mustache championship that's happening next weekend it's a charity fundraising event and it sounds like a lot of fun so again that's at beard.vegas you can look at the 16 different categories if you're entering as a veteran there's no fee the other 15 categories do have fees. And of course, again, it's all going to support charity specifically Ride for Kids, which supports the Pediatric Brain Tumor Foundation and the Extreme Couture GI Foundation. So both of those are amazing charities that you can support by taking part. If you want to follow along on Facebook, the Sin City Beard Coalition private group is just a request away. Or you can check out the event page, which is Honest Amish Presents the Battleborne Beard and Mustache Championship. So all of those options are available if you want to find out more information. But again, the website is beard.vegas. And Laurie and Patrick, I want to thank you both so much for being here, letting us know about this, because this is like some really fun stuff that probably a lot of people like me had not heard of before. And especially the fact that you've put this charity twist on it and you're giving money to charity. It makes it all the more worthwhile and all the more amazing what you're doing. So I want to thank you so much for being here and sharing with us.
2: Thank you so much, Heather. We really appreciate you giving us this opportunity. And if you guys are having want to come out on Saturday, March 25th to the Vail Pavilion at the Silverton Casino, come out and have some fun. Bring the family. And we forgot to mention this too, Heather, that kids, it's just a donation for them. But we'll actually have a craft table there. So bring the kids down and see what it's about, and then build a beard right there at the event and bring them up on stage. You might come walk away with a really cool prize. So
1: the craft table, you're going to have all kinds of stuff that they can make beards out of? Yeah.
2: Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> That's they, so we cool. call it the build a beard table, and you just go over there and build yourself a beard, and then you can come up on stage and compete, and like I said, you might walk away with a really cool trophy, something to talk about.
1: Yeah, that's great. So once again, it's next Saturday, March 25th, 12 p.m. registration. The event is from 2 p.m. to 8 p.m. Bring the kids, have the kids build a beard. You can take part in the charity auction, some amazing auction items that they've got up for bidding there. And again, the fundraiser is to support Ride for Kids and the Extreme Couture GI Foundation. And you can find out all the information at beard.vegas. Thanks again so much, you guys. This has been really great. I appreciate That's been it. Great.
3: Thank
2: you. Thank you, Heather.
1: I was in the hospital with my son for 18 months.
4: When he got injured, I wasn't prepared, but I knew I had to be strong.
5: When I was told about John's injury, I was in complete shock. I just remember rushing into his room and giving him a big hug and letting him know I was there.
2: These veterans and families are just a few of the heroes we serve at Homes for Our Troops. For thousands of severely injured veterans, everyday life is filled with barriers those really the the little things throughout the house counters that you can't roll up to How had to drag my wheelchair down steps
4: I want to help, but he is so determined
2: at Homes for Our Troops we build specially adapted custom homes with features like wheelchair access roll-in showers and automatic door openers that allow them to function independently and focus on their recovery and
6: family this house is freedom it's hope it's a new beginning
5: this house has given me my family back
2: to learn more, visit HFOTUSA.org.
0: Learning your child has cancer causes an emotional and financial crisis. Often, the best place for treatment is far from home. But with the help of the National Children's Cancer Society, children battling cancer can get to life-saving treatment, whether it's across town or across the country. To learn how we give families hope and give their children the best shot at survival, visit TheNCCS.org. That's t h e n c c s.org. Because no family should go through childhood cancer alone.
1: You're listening to the Odyssey Las Vegas Public Affairs Show, and I'm Heather Vail. Today I'm speaking with Dr. Jessica Coleman, nephrologist at Nephrology and Hypertension Medical Associates, and David Rush, recording artist, motivational speaker, and CKD warrior. March is National Kidney Month, which makes this a perfect time to take control of your own kidney health. Dr. Coleman and David, thank you both so much for being here today.
0: Thanks Thanks. for having us.
1: Thank you. So being National Kidney Month, what would you like people to know about kidney disease?
5: So I think that you already illustrated that kidney disease is is really about early detection, right? So March being Kidney Awareness Month, to me, that's so very important. The early detection is really very simple. This is a progressive disease state and one that can have really serious implications. And so with two very simple lab tests, one blood test, one urine test that can be performed at your annual physical and your doctor's office, we can see the, the ability for your healthcare provider to identify kidney disease early and then help individualize a treatment regimen to prevent that progression and the complications that can occur along the way.
1: Okay, and there's different types of kidney disease, right? So there's PKD, which is polycystic kidney disease. There's CKD, which is chronic kidney disease. Are there other variations as well?
5: Oh, there's so many variations and sometimes (laughs) they overlap just to make things even more complicated. But, you know, that's the the beauty of, of this disease process is that, again, those same two simple lab tests, blood tests and urine tests can evaluate your creatinine level, which is uh, a waste product that's in your blood and, and it'll allow us to calculate your overall percentage of kidney function. And then the urine test, looking for protein in the urine. Those two lab tests will help your doctor start to whittle down the diagnosis, start to kind of get a better understanding of, of what, what not only what you're facing, but give you an idea of prognosis, in other words, what to expect. And, and it's that early detection that's really key here because again, we know complications like high potassium or hyperkalemia can be unfortunately oftentimes silently deadly uh, in our chronic kidney disease population. So that's kind of what David and I are here uh, doing today, trying to kind of get the word out and trying to advocate for patients for our early identification and then taking control of their own health.
1: Okay, nice. And just to clarify, once the blood test and the urine test are done, and if levels are not what the doctor wants to see, then are there further diagnostic tests like ultrasounds and that kind of thing?
5: Absolutely, yes ma'am. Normally what would happen is your your primary care provider or your health care provider will then send you over to a specialist, to a kidney doctor, and at that point in time there are usually other blood tests, urine tests, and to your point, absolutely, potentially an ultrasound as well. We use all of these tools to get a better understanding of what causes that individual's chronic kidney disease and then allows us again, like I say, to give you a better not only idea of the diagnosis, but then the potential treatment regimens that are available.
1: Okay, now Dr. Coleman has given us how it ideally works. David, I'm curious what your personal experience was like. Did you go through this early screening as well to discover that you had CKD?
0: I did not. I kind of what they call crash into dialysis and learning that I had CKD. Um, I had early signs that if I was more educated at the time, I probably would have took The steps to get the early screening, Um, I was diagnosed real early. I was only 16 years old after having the physical done for football. They discovered protein in my urine, then uh, scarring on the tissues of my kidneys. But wasn't really red flagged, wasn't really told the importance of what was going on with my body. So I then left the college thousands of miles away from my home and didn't think didn't think a second about it, just wanted to live a normal life, I guess you could say, then returning mm-hmm. back home, going to the doctor and taking the physical again and realizing that you know, my kidneys were failing, realizing that my creatinine was out of whack and that my blood pressure was up. And that's how I realized that my kidneys were then failing at the time. So I could have had the early screen and, and knew exactly what was going on with my body, but because the urgency at the time wasn't as high and me being young and not thinking of the urgency being you know, so important, I kind of missed that. So that's what we're here for today. Um, Just trying to start the conversation, if you will, about this early detection and preventing before trying to cure kidney disease. And that's what our mission is here today.
1: So, David, what were some of those early signs that at the time were not red flags to you, but potentially could be red flags to someone who's listening?
0: Just fatigue, retaining of water. Um, I was, you know, I would wear, I I love to wear a whole bunch of crazy, crazy kind of socks and the socks would start to be really tight on my legs. And I just, you know, figured that the socks were too small and (laughs) not knowing that was really me, you know, containing water in my legs, uh, the taste of metallic tasting stuff in your mouth. When you eat normal foods, um, over coughing, high blood pressure, um, even diabetes. And those two are the main, you know, two ones that can determine if you have kidney disease forming. Um, those were things that I did see. I didn't really have any other real symptoms other than the retaining the water and maybe a little bit of hypertension and then realizing then everything kind of flush hit me later. I had FSGS, one of the slowest moving um, diseases out there and didn't know I had it till stage three or four. So if I would have known earlier, of course, I probably would have been able to slow down the progression of it, maybe not stop it, but there's others that may be able to stop it um, from going full tilt. So definitely wish I knew those things earlier.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now, your personal experiences on a day-to-day basis, how do you deal with the CKD?
0: Man, dealing with the CKD starts in the mind and uh, and then flows over to the heart. You really have to have a will and a passion and want to live. It's not an easy disease to deal with. I am doing dialysis now at home every other day for three hours and 45 minutes a day. Um, it's something that takes away from our quote-unquote normal life, being a father, being a husband, and just living when you have to live on kind of this time restraint. So, but the, the way I deal with it is that every day I have a chance. Every day I get up, it's another chance to do what I need to do in life, to be happy, to move forward, and to deal with my issues as they come. And um, you can follow that journey. You can go to unfilteredkidneyconversations.com and check out my journey, see my wonderful family as well. And uh, just pushing forward and being proactive in my health, keeping a relationship with my doctors and nurses, and just trying to stay on top and listening to my body as much as I can.
1: Nice, yeah, that's a great attitude to have. Now, Dr. Coleman, David mentioned that he was diagnosed at age 16. Is it normal to have kidney disease that young or is there a certain age that you recommend people start to do screenings or is it just, you know, as soon as we hear this, go get a screening?
5: So, you know, that's a great question and and the trick with kidney disease is that it really can evolve at any age. Certainly, we typically think of kidney disease patients as being older but unfortunately David's story it is not uncommon we do know that there are certainly childhood illnesses of the kidneys as well and and so I think David really made the point that this was during a routine physical that was done for high school football and you know at the end of the day we think about all of our kids who go through school physicals and we don't think twice about it but I think where the ball was dropped or where the point was missed was was really under understanding that protein in your urine is almost never normal. Uh, And and I think that's where if David had had a better understanding and maybe more information had been provided, then then there could have been a little bit earlier detection and and potentially prevention of progression, or at least a slowdown, if you will. So uh, again, as as David said, that www.unfilteredkidneyconversations.com, that website has a, a wealth of information, not only to arm patients, with education, but also the opportunity to allow them to have some speaking points to talk to their healthcare providers, as well as have a better understanding of what other patients are going through so that they don't feel so isolated and they have a better ability to take care of themselves.
1: Okay. Nice. So unfilteredkidneyconversations.com is the website to go to if you want to find out more about, well, first of all, David's story, but also other people who are suffering from kidney disease. It's unfiltered stories and conversations, the real situation, the real experiences, unfilteredkidneyconversations.com. And Dr. Coleman, are there any other websites where people can go to find out more about kidney disease and the various processes that they can go through for early screening?
5: Absolutely. National Kidney Foundation also does a very nice job of having patient-friendly resources and and approachable topics uh, of discussion. And then, of course, as a patient, I would encourage you to work directly with your healthcare provider to have a better understanding of your disease state. And then again, not only individualize your treatment regimen, but also individualize educational research and uh, opportunities as well.
1: Okay, perfect. So unfilteredkidneyconversations.com if you want to find out more about David's story and other stories of CKD Warriors, National Kidney Foundation, if you'd like to find out more about kidney disease in general and what you can do for your screenings, and definitely talk to your physician Dr. Coleman and David, I want to thank you so much for being here today. Dr. Coleman, for bringing more awareness and letting people know the ins and outs of kidney disease. And David, for sharing your personal stories. Very inspirational. And thank you. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much for having
5: us.
6: Thank you. Hi, I'm Peter Sagel. When we were growing up, my two brothers and I just loved our Uncle Ted. He was like a really cool big brother who always brought around the best toys and took us to the best places and with whom we always had the most fun. It was odd though, when we got older, to realize he wasn't nearly as outgoing and adventurous with other adults. I found out much later that this might have had something to do with the ostomy bag he wore ever since he was diagnosed with Crohn's disease as a teenager and had part of his lower intestine removed. Theodore Skolnick, my Uncle Ted, died last year at the age of 80, never having once mentioned his illness to me or my brothers. He left a large bequest to the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation to help fund better treatments for these diseases and also to help other people, old and young, seek and get help for the situation that he was never able to talk about. Don't feel you need to hide your Crohn's or colitis. Go to SpillYourGuts.org to learn more about the treatments available and even find a specialist. That's spilledyourguts.org.
4: Colorectal cancer doesn't stop for COVID-19. Hello, I'm Dr. Cecilia Brewington. If you are age 45 or older, it's time to return to care and get tested. The government requires insurance companies to cover not only colonoscopy, but a range of tests, including virtual colonoscopy and other less invasive exams. Talk to your doctor about your options today. For more information on virtual colonoscopy, visit
7: radiologyinfo.org.
1: This is the Odyssey Las Vegas Public Affairs Show, and I'm Heather Vale. Today I'm speaking with Pam Siegel, Global Women's Program Executive at Bank of America. March is Women's History Month, and female business owners play a vital role in driving economic growth, but they also face significant challenges. So Bank of America and Seneca Women just launched the Women's Marketplace online hub to empower and support women entrepreneurs. Pam, thank you so much for being here today.
8: Thank you for having me.
1: So what exactly is the Women's Marketplace that just launched?
8: It is a digital destination featuring women entrepreneurs and business owners from around the world that have participated in Bank of America funded programs that provides a direct link to their website so that you can shop and support women. It has over 100 as of right now, and we plan to grow it over time. But this is our official launch.
1: Nice. Okay. Okay. Now, what are some of the challenges that women entrepreneurs generally face?
8: We frame it up in a number of ways, and it's easy to talk about access. And so we know that women entrepreneurs need access to training. They often don't have the right resources that they need to run and grow businesses they lack access to capital and there's all sorts of studies showing, you know, the challenges that women entrepreneurs face in trying to get growth capital. They often lack access to networks and mentorship and just, you know, communities that can help and support them. And then lastly, what we're talking about here is access to markets. They often don't have the same access that they need to be able to sell their products and to get eyeballs on what they're doing. So those are some of the challenges that women entrepreneurs face.
1: Okay. Now, you mentioned that for launch, you've already got 100 women-owned businesses showcased there. What are some of the businesses that are featured on the Women's Marketplace?
8: Oh, they're, they're great. And it's been really fun. So for the past couple months as we've been developing this, I say, I, my job has been to shop. So I've been viewing <laughs> all of these websites. And- and it's been really hard not to want to support them all. Some of the ones that I really love, there's a sequence collection, which is Ariella Suster. She participated in our global ambassador program. And she runs an organization, and a business that supports youth in El Salvador. It keeps them out of gangs. supervised provides employment. And they make these incredible woven bracelets, um, handbags, and all sorts of accessories. In fact, I'm sitting here wearing one, which I love. So that's an incredible business. Lacana is one coming out of Mexico. They knit these um, adorable dolls and stuffed animals that support women who are in prisons um, in Mexico. We have one of my new favorites is Soul Pop Popcorn and DJ she comes from Texas. She is a veteran and she started this business and all of her popcorn flavors are off of soul food. So there's Chicken and waffles and banana pudding. And they're they're incredible. So I could keep going, but I will stop. These are just a few of my favorite ones.
1: That's awesome. So you did mention one from Mexico. So it's Bank of America, but not just American businesses.
8: Correct. Now, vast majority are American businesses. Um obviously we're an American company here, but a number of these women so they are represented. We've got some from as far as East Swatini, which is in the southern part of Africa, India, Singapore, Germany, Mexico. So there are a number of them outside the US.
1: Wow, okay. Nice. So why is it important to shine a spotlight on women-owned businesses, especially during Women's History Month, but the whole year as well?
8: I think that's an important point. International Women's Day, you know, was now on March 8th. And it's a great time to kind of pause and reflect the contributions that women have made. But it's something we need to do all year. I'm fortunate that my job allows me to do that. So I'm constantly thinking through the challenges uh, that women face and the opportunities that we can present them through a number of our programs. But I think it's important all year. So there's things that we can do every day. And I think it's It's really important to just be conscientious and to think through, you know, when you're making a decision about buying, there's obviously a lot of push to shop local when you can. But I think it's also important local and women look for organizations and companies that are run and founded by women, direct your dollars there, support them. I think it's also important a lot of times when you see a business, you know, What do you need? Can I provide anything? Can I help? Can you spread word? Leave reviews, Google reviews, um, anything that you can do to help support those women's businesses.
1: Yeah, so those are some great things that consumers can do to help empower women and support women-owned businesses. What can businesses do to empower women?
8: Yeah, and that's good. So at Bank of America, we have, for the past 12 years, taken a real focus in developing tools and programs for women entrepreneurs. And the the first thing that we did was, as we said, we looked at you know training. So where can we provide training for women entrepreneurs? We have the Bank of America Institute for Women's Entrepreneurship at Cornell. That's an online digital platform, 12 week course taught by Cornell professors. And when women complete that program, they have a certificate in Women's Entrepreneurship we also have a program that provides training in partnership with Vital Voices, which is a nonprofit organization based in Washington, D.C., called the Global Ambassador Program. And that's where you'll see a lot of our international participants came through that program. We have other things that provide capital. We have a partnership with the Tory Burch Foundation, and to date, we've provided $95 million in affordable capital to women entrepreneurs through that program. We also partner with Eva.org, which is an online platform that does crowdfunding for entrepreneurs, and we have provided over $100 million in funding through that program. So there's a number of things that businesses can do when they think creatively and understand the needs that women business owners have.
1: Wow, some great tips. Okay, so where can listeners go to learn more or to access these innovative women-owned businesses and even shop in the women's marketplace?
8: Yes, I encourage them to shop. There's like I said, some incredible products and women out there. It's B of A Marketplace dot
1: Okay, perfect. Bofamarketplace.senecawomen.com is the website to go to. Bofamarketplace.senecawomen.com. That will take you straight to the Women's Marketplace, which is an online hub where you can access a 100 for now and more in the future, women-owned businesses that are doing innovative stuff and have some incredible products from the sounds of it. So bofamarketplace.senecawomen.com is the website. And Pam, I want to thank you so much for being here, letting us know about this new resource and letting us know what you're doing to support female entrepreneurs and also providing some tips that the listeners can use to also support female entrepreneurs going forward. So I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much.
3: Thank you. We are the 25%. That's a quarter of all Americans. Over 61 million people with a disability. Our differences make us 100% unique, just like you. 100% creative, passionate, determined, and proud. We are the 25%, and we want a world where everyone is 100% included. Easter Seals Disability Services. Change the way you see disability. We are the25.org. A tree can be a warrior battling global
4: challenges with greater courage. A tree can be a solution, cleaning our air, supporting our communities, and protecting our wildlife. A tree can be noble, growing hope in every corner of the world. That's why now is the time for trees. Millions of trees. Join our planting movement at arborday.org.
1: I'm Heather Vale, and this is the Odyssey Las Vegas Public Affairs Show. Joining me today is Lynette Lee Valenueva, Vice President of Tax and Credits at the AARP Foundation, which is AARP's charitable affiliate that serves both members and non-members. The Foundation's tax aid program is providing free, in-person, and virtual tax assistance and preparation through April 18th. Lynette, thank you so much for being here today. Well, thank you for having me. So what exactly does the AARP Foundation do?
4: So AARP Foundation Tax Aid Program provides free in-person and virtual service to anyone really of any age, but with a focus primarily on taxpayers who are over age 50 with low to moderate income.
1: But they don't need to be a member of AARP to take advantage
4: of the services? No, they don't. We serve anyone who is is in need of free tax assistance.
1: Okay. So you said primarily over 50, but in general who qualifies for tax aid? Really anybody qualifies for tax
4: aid. We're set up for service, um you know, as I said it's free, and we do focus on those who are low to moderate income and may just find it difficult to be able to afford tax preparation service outside of providing the free service that we do.
1: Okay, and how would tax aid services compare to you know, the big name paid tax services that we're all familiar with, that all crop up at this time of year, what differs in the actual service received? So the service
4: received, there really is not any difference. All of our volunteers, it is a volunteer-based program, all of our volunteers must go through a training course every year and actually pass an IRS certification test. So our volunteers really are um, trained to provide the service and you can be assured that when you come into the site, the the person that you're sitting down with to provide that assistance um, knows what they're doing and has the latest in tax law for that year.
1: Okay, nice. So where is TaxAid available? So we're um, available across
4: the country. Um, Anybody can find us by going to our website at aarpfoundation.org slash taxaid, or they can call our toll-free number at 1-888-AARP-NOW. They'll be prompted to enter their zip code, and then they will come up with a list of sites that are near them that they can make an appointment at or walk into, depending on what the service option is for that area.
1: Okay and what if they'd rather do it virtually.
4: So virtually they can also then find um service through our website which again is aarpfoundation.org/taxaid and there there'll be an option either to have service with a preparer or to be able to do it virtually so they can select that option and and then they'll be walked through the the prompts of of what that entails.
1: Okay, so how should people prepare for a tax aid appointment and what do they need to bring?
4: Right. So the first thing is they need to gather all their documents that need to go into the return. So if they're still working, they need their W-2 form. If they're retired, they need their retirement documents, their 1099-Rs or their um, 1099 um, Social Security document. And they need to be able to bring with them a government-issued ID so we can prove the identity of who they are, as well as their Social Security card for themselves, plus anybody else that is included on their return. And then once they come in, they'll complete an intake booklet that we have, um, sheet, and then they'll sit down with a volunteer who will review it and walk through that process of preparing their return.
1: Okay, perfect. Now, what are some of the challenges that older adults in particular might be facing this tax season?
4: Yes. So um, as people move into their retirement years, they find they might just be in a different tax situation where before they were earning income, now they're either receiving income through Social Security, through a pension of some form, or just different different documents that may not be familiar with them. So we're there to take that put them at ease and make sure that they understand where they are in this phase of their life. So we just want to, you know, so those difficulties. We also find that as people um, maybe are recently widowed or widower who are not the, we're not the primary person preparing their returns, then um, it's it can cause some angst. And we just want to, you know, again, help them through that process.
1: Okay. What are some common questions that taxpayers have had so far this tax season?
4: So this tax season, we've seen a big question about whether some of the payments that they received at their state or local level last year, stimulus payments, are taxable um, at the federal, on their federal return. And IRS has made the determination that they are not taxable in most cases. So again, our volunteers um, know that situation and they can you know walk them through whether or not certain situations are taxable.
1: Okay. Now, if it's not taxable, does it still need to be included as income or is there another area on the tax form that they would include that?
4: Well, our volunteers can know specifically you know, what that situation is. It might be different in different locations, but if it's not a taxable income, then it, most of the time it's not included in the return.
1: Okay. Now, if someone is running a small business, a side hustle, some kind of freelance thing to right. get more income, would that type of tax situation also be applicable or is it personal returns only?
4: We do. There, It depends on the situation and... If they're self-employed or they're doing the side hustle, then um, certain times we can help them and other times we may not be able to. But uh, but again, if they come to us, we can walk through that situation with them and determine whether or not we can um, provide the service. We we, have, we Our volunteers need to stay in scope of the training that they have received. And so some of those cases, they if, if they're just doing like a, as an Uber driver or a side hustle them usually we can help them through that.
1: Okay, perfect. So you mentioned the website aarpfoundation.org slash taxaid. That's T-A-X-A-I-D-E. What else can people find out when they go to that website? So that
4: um, website will tell them everything they need to have in preparation for coming to see us, what they need to bring with them. Um, it also will just, it, it gives them the choice of whether they want to do it in person or they want to do it virtual. We do have the option that they can um, prepare their own return themselves through the website as well if they are comfortable doing that and they just need the uh, tax software to be able to help them through. Then They can do it either with a coach, one of our volunteers, or without a coach themselves.
1: And the software is free? Yes. Okay, that sounds great. So once again, the website is aarpfoundation.org slash taxaid. That's T-A-X-A-I-D-E. So aarpfoundation.org slash taxaid. Or if you would like to phone instead, it's 1-888-AARP-NOW. That's the phone number, 1-888-AARP-NOW. And then tell them that you're looking for tax aid help. And Lynette, I want to thank you so much for being here and letting us know about these resources that I'm sure a lot of listeners were not aware of. It sounds like a really great service you guys are doing and probably very much appreciated by a lot of people. So I appreciate you being here and spreading the word. Thank you so much. Thank you.
5: Victor deployed for the first time to Afghanistan in 2003, at four in the morning, my phone rang. They said, I regret to inform you that your husband was wounded in action. Victor sustained a moderate traumatic brain injury. I was doing school full time, and I was also then caring for Victor. One of the most important elements of caregiving is taking care of yourself. I just didn't want to forget that I also had goals and that I also had a life. What I did is I challenged Victor to meet me halfway. There are almost 6 million military and veteran caregivers across the nation. We have our own journey and we can fulfill that journey at the same time that we are helping our loved one. Visit
6: aarp.org caregiving for a free military veteran's guide to navigate your caregiving journey and better care for your loved one and yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.
7: One of our biggest problems today is that we are afraid to have others challenge our mindset, and therefore we avoid topics that could lead to challenging conversations. At a young age, we're told not to talk about anything that is remotely divisive, but without having challenging conversations, how do you know that what you're saying is your truth, and not just something you were raised to believe? Having conversations is how we learn. It's important to be able to see the other sides of things, in order to form an opinion and choose what's best for you. Let's say you were raised to shower with all your clothes on. You could go throughout life thinking that is the best way to get clean. And if you never meet anyone brave enough to talk about hygiene, then you may never know that there is a better way. There's no reason to be afraid of differences. Limiting yourself to certain topics can render yourself unable to talk to friends, coworkers, or even family. To avoid challenging conversations is the same as to keep your mind trapped in a little box. Open your box and start having more civic conversations.
1: Civility. It's an American thing. From AmericanThing.org. I'm Heather Vale with the Odyssey Las Vegas Public Affairs Show and this is your community events calendar for nonprofit initiatives and charity events around the valley. March is the awareness month for several different health-related issues. Here are some ways you can help yourself and others this month. March's National Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month, and you could have colon cancer without any symptoms. Since it's the second leading cause of cancer death, it's important to get screened starting at age 45 or earlier if you have a family history. Find out more information at getscreened.org. That's getscreened.org. March is Myeloma Awareness Month, and the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, or LLS, is committed to improving health outcomes and erasing barriers to access for all myeloma patients. Get more information at lls.org. That's lls.org. March is National Kidney Month, and an estimated 37 million American adults are affected by chronic kidney disease, or CKD, the gradual loss of kidney function over time. Since symptoms usually don't appear until it's advanced, up to 9 in 10 adults with CKD don't know they have it. Discover more at unfilteredkidneyconversations.com. That's unfilteredkidneyconversations.com. March is also Bleeding Disorders Awareness Month, and it takes 1,200 plasma donations to treat one patient with hemophilia for one year. Find out more at the National Hemophilia Foundation's hemophilia.org or the Nevada Chapter at hfnv.org. That's hfnv.org. And March is National Nutrition Month. One in eight kids in the U.S. is food insecure and struggling to get proper nutrition as their parents live paycheck to paycheck. If you need help or want to help, visit feedingamerica.org. That's feedingamerica.org. It's tax season and the AARP Foundation, which is AARP's charitable affiliate that serves both members and non-members, is providing free in-person and virtual tax assistance and preparation through their tax aid program from now until April 18th. It's focused on helping people over 50, but anyone can use the free services. Find out more or book your appointment at aarpfoundation.org slash taxaid. That's T-A-X-A-I-D-E, aarpfoundation.org slash taxaid. Monday's Dark with Mark Chinook is a bi monthly musical fundraising party at The Space, with each event raising $10,000 for a specific charity in 90 minutes. Upcoming shows include this Monday, March 20th at 8 p.m., benefiting the Bright Star Foundation, and Monday, April 3rd at 8 p.m., benefiting PAL NV, protecting animal life. Get tickets or find out more details at mondaysdark.com. That's mondaysdark.com. The Sin City Beard Coalition is hosting the Battleborne Beard and Mustache Championship Charity Fundraiser next Saturday, March 25th from 2 to 8 p.m. with registration at noon in the Vale Pavilion at Silverton Casino. Proceeds will go to Ride for Kids to support the Pediatric Brain Tumor Foundation and the Extreme Couture GI Foundation to support combat veterans in need. Find out more or register to compete at Beard.Vegas. That's Beard.Vegas. The 5th annual Walk for Friendship Las Vegas Fundraiser Walk and Community Carnival is happening next Sunday, March 26, with check-in at 10 a.m., walk at 11 a.m., and carnival at noon at Las Vegas Sports Park, 1400 North Rampart. Support the Friendship Circle's efforts to provide social and recreational opportunities for children and young adults with special needs. Find out more or register at walkforfriendshiplv.com. That's walk, the number four, friendshiplv.com. Bunnies Matter Rescue is holding their spring fling and rummage sale on Saturday, April 1st from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Floyd Lamb Park's Bunny Building. It's fun for the whole family with games, goodies, and gifts. Find out more or pre-order your game tickets at bunniesmatter.org. That's bunniesmatter.org. The Junior League of Las Vegas, or JLLV, is hosting its 20th annual Paint the Town Red event on Saturday, April 1st at 6 p.m. at the Venetian Resort. This is JLLV's largest annual fundraiser, honoring those who have made outstanding contributions to volunteerism and developing the potential of women in our local community. Find out more information or get your tickets at JLLV.org. That's JLLV.org. Special Olympics Nevada is hosting the Polar Plunge and Duck Derby fundraiser on Saturday, April 8th, starting at 9 a.m. at Cowabunga Bay Water Park, 900 Galleria Drive in Henderson. This is a Vegas style plunge with a heated wave pool instead of the typical icy polar plunge. You can also dress in costume, with this year's theme being Independence, to celebrate Special Olympics Nevada becoming its own chapter. Find out more, sign up for the Vegas Plunge, or adopt a duck for the Duck Derby at sonv.org. That's S-O-N-V The Baller Dream Foundation and Circa Resort and Casino are hosting a celebrity poker tournament from April 28th to 30th at Circa Resort and Casino's 60th floor rooftop lounge, The Legacy Club. This three-day celebrity-filled weekend experience is hosted by Hall of Fame pitcher Greg Maddox to benefit young warriors battling cancer. Find out more, get your tickets, donate an item to the silent auction, or sign up to play poker at ballerdream.org slash circa. That's ballerdream.org slash circa and Make-A-Wish Southern Nevada's holding their Walk for Wishes event on World Wish Day, Saturday, April 29th at Town Square, Las Vegas. Make-A-Wish chapters and affiliates across the globe come together each year to celebrate World Wish Day, the anniversary of the wish that inspired the founding of Make-A-Wish back in 1980. You can join in the celebration of more than 350,000 wishes that have already been granted while raising funds for future wishes. Sign up or find out more information at wish.org SNV. That's wish.org SNV.